Hey there DC fans, this is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien... Everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop-up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items. And right now you can get 35% off site-wide by using the code DCNews35. That's D-C-N-E-W-S-35. DCNews35. Use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at InsightEditions.com. Well, hey there to wherever you are. Whatever time you're tuning in, thanks for being here today. You're at the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast. This is episode number 127. I'm your host, Seth Singleton. I have two dogs in the background, one of whom decided to bark right as I started recording. So if you're hearing that, thank you. If you choose to bark back, he thanks you. Thankfully, it's not just me. I'm not alone here. In fact, you're blessed because... I'm always blessed whenever I have Brad Flicky on for another one of these great episodes. Brad, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good. Been a long weekend, but I am good. Yeah, man, you had some family stuff going on, huh? That's awesome. I did. Uh, Christmas in July. <laughs> hey, dude, the so, huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's wonderful. Hey, uh, I'm glad you're able to, you know, celebrate whenever you can, however you can. I really think we're just going to reframe what holidays are all about, what family gatherings are all about, and, you know, just how often you have to have a reason for doing it. Like, yeah, let's make Christmas in June, July, or August. Right, I'll take it. (laughs) Right, right, right. All right, so look, we've got a lot of pleasure coming your way. Very little poison, and in fact, I've asked no hemlock for this episode, so we shall see if that shall continue and transpire as I hope it will. What I do know is we have amazing stuff for you with movies, television, streaming. We even got a little bit on the comic side and even in other categories. That's right. Other. But kicking things off, our first movie story is the announcement that Le- Leslie Grace has been officially cast as Batgirl. Brad, what was your response to this announcement? What does it mean? You know, she was, as an actress, she was great and in the Heights. She's definitely got the the skill to play the role and it would be a lot of great exposure exposure for her so i think that is great another thing intriguing is you know in this article they mentioned that they're not sure exactly where this film is going to fall is it going to be in the dc eu universe or is it going to be in the matt reeves batman universe with casting leslie grace who is afro latina it makes perfect sense that it is in the matt reeves uh, Batman universe because Jeffrey Wright is Commissioner Gordon and she is playing Barbara Gordon. So that I really hope that it that means that it's going to be in the uh, Matt Reeves Batman universe because so far what we've seen uh, that's going to be uh, quite the cool universe to explore. Uh, and you know not only are we getting the Matt Reeves Batman but we're also getting the Gotham PD show. So I think this would fit in perfectly between the two of those. Uh, what was your take? I think it's a pretty awesome announcement, and I like the idea that you're suggesting. I mean, clearly, there's still going to be a question in a lot of people's minds because, as with so many things before the movie is released, is okay, so you know, what's actually going to happen, and, and how are these things going to be part of what we've already come to know? Now, when it comes to Leslie Grace, I mean, yeah, you pointed out that it would be a great addition to the uh. The Batman movie that we have coming up, because we already know that we've got Jeffrey Wright in there, and that that would be just, it would make the most sense, because we all know that Barbara Gordon, who is the daughter of Commissioner Gordon, or at least James Gordon, whatever rank he's at in the story, is, you know, we would 
probably like to see a, a family resemblance of some kind. And we would also like to consider just how much we can explore and enjoy, as you said, with the Batman. We've got a lot of new things to consider. We've got a new Riddler and we've got a whole new cast of villains to enjoy as well as the cast of supporting. So I think you're on the right track. I love that you could make the reference to In the Heights. I wanted to catch it and the timing just didn't work out for me. Usually with certain stuff, it's like if I don't watch it with my wife, I'm in all kinds of mm-hmm. yeah, I get that. I, trouble, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. It just was yeah. too easy with HBO Max, so I uh, I, I popped it on one day, and uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I've been able to do it with a couple of good ones. You know, um, Black Messiah and a few others where I was just like, "Hun, I'm giving it to the last couple of days, and then I'm just going to start watching it. But with this one, it just seemed like, oh, wait, what? Uh, and I think it was because it ended around the 11th, and I was still all caught up in the Euro 2020, 2021 stuff, and the games were oh, over. Yeah. Suddenly I was like, oh, it's 12th to 13th. Wow, the tournament's over and, and I missed the movie. Okay, so these are the things you have to deal with. Like, I accept it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think also we have an opportunity to really enjoy some stuff with Jeffrey Wright. I think that's a, you know, a great opportunity to, like, expand the universe. But, you know, nobody's really 100% sure what the final decision will be and how it's going to work out. I do like the fact that our next story talks about Warner Brothers plans to have at least 10 movie exclusives for HBO Max in 2022, while also saying that they haven't given up on theaters, which almost seems like one contradicts the other. Or is that just me? Brad, what was your uh, take on this story? I think it all depends on their strategy, uh, where you're, you know, you still have these tentpole movies that you have in theaters, but then you can have these kind of spinoff movies on HBO Max, which is what Bad Girl will probably end up being. So there's a lot of ways to kind of maneuver that. But 10 is a pretty ambitious amount of original movies for for HBO Max in 2022. So I wouldn't be surprised if they drop that number down a little bit but i think there is some interesting that they can cover with these kind of spin-off movies and i you know if they if they time it right Batgirl could be one of the leading you know the first one of those kind of um spin-off films that go directly to hbo max uh you know it's funny when hbo max first started out as far as the, the kind of nerd stuff they were really kind of lacking but man they have really made up for that uh, since launch and this is just a, another example of that as well that they're going to have some pretty amazing content so me as somebody who does love films i will probably you know i certainly will watch any dc movie that they have on, D, on uh, hbo max so probably a lot of the other ones as well so uh i think in the end it's good news for fans and uh you know i, th- I think as long as they keep the quality up which they certainly can because one kind of good thing is that it doesn't necessarily have to cost as much to make a movie these days uh, with technology. So that that can help, too. So, uh, yeah, it's just it's <laughs> my it's a good time to be a D.C. fan, but it's also kind of a good time to be a film fan because there are all these avenues and ways to distribute film these days. So it could be exciting. Oh, what was your take? Well, I found it really interesting. It, it sounded like, you know, to a degree, like, sure, you you want to say what, what are our ambitions and our plans for. And you also want to recognize just how well HBO Max has done since its launch and how successful it's been, especially with original content. I mean, you name it. Um, in the Heights, which I missed, but I was mentioning, you know, some of the stuff that I've gotten the chance to catch, whether it was Raised by Wolves or uh, what was the... Uh, the one I was just mentioning, Black Messiah, was phenomenal. And a few others. A couple, you know, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the Jared Leto bad guy one. It, it didn't really work for me. And the most recent, uh, the Steven Soderbergh, it had some great moments. But there have been a couple of other stellars where you're just like, oh. and let's not forget, this is where Zack Snyder's, you know, cut finally got the chance to be seen by so many. And that was the place that uh, you went to. And I really feel like that cemented a lot for for what they could kind of know. I also feel like you pointed out some great ideas about how it's not as expensive to make a quality movie. And also, I I would hope that after a year that 
these guys are trying to say, look, we have a feeling for what the terrain is like, even should it shift, because we've experienced now what a huge shift can look like and, and how we needed to navigate it. So with the safety protocols we have in place, what, with what we understand about budget risks and everything else, this is our plan. The thing that sticks with me is, like you said, 10 is an ambitious number for any platform. And they're saying that's just for HBO Max, to which I would then say, okay, well, how is it that in this story you also haven't mentioned what the number you plan on being for theaters or other? <laughs> because that's what those guys are looking at. You know, one of the biggest challenges right now is how theaters are responding to recent films, like, say, the recent Black Widow release. Um, and, and to the delays that happened with uh, Wonder Woman 1984 before it was eventually available on both platforms. And there's a lot of discussion about what the positives and negatives are for that and theaters clearly have their uh, their opinion on it but i i like the fact that yeah like you said and you said it so well it, it's a fairly amazing time you know for so many different things comic fans dc comics fans and yeah fans of movies there's there's some pretty amazing stuff on there and as we continue down our movie list Man, was there an eyeful and a mouthful and some stories to be shared when Margot Robbie, as well as John Cena, joined James Gunn for a Suicide Squad Jimmy Kimmel, not hosted by Jimmy Kimmel. We had a guest host in Anthony Anderson, but we did get some insights, particularly on how some of the actors and talent have met and also just how funny King Shark can be. Brad, what was your takeaway on this, man? Yeah, uh, the King Shark clip was great. And that's all I'm going to say, because you should just go and watch it. King Shark may end up stealing the whole movie. And I don't think King Shark would be the same if it was not voiced by Sylvester Stallone. And it's hard to to not love John Cena showing up in full Peacemaker outfit all the time these days. Uh, I like the joke that the costume was $10,000 and they want it back, but they can't get it back if he doesn't take it off. So <laughs> I... Uh, uh, it, it's just kind of fun to see him enjoying the role so much. And uh, it's also fun to see the cast get along so well between, you know, him and Margot Robbie and, and the rapport they had with James Gunn himself. That, that just, just watching that whole video makes me think that that set must've been very fun to be a part of and, and be on. It wasn't like working. That was like hanging out with your friends. And it seemed like, uh, I'll just, that it would have been a lot of fun. And again, I just, I can't wait until, August 6th when I can finally see this movie. <laughs> what about you? Man, love what you do, right? Never feel like you're working a minute or a day. Um, <laughs> these guys seem like they're not working at all. They're having that much fun. It's not work, it's play. We just happen to be enjoying ourselves while you film us being, you know, hilarious and awesome and great. Um, this was a really funny uh, set of just conversations about how things happen. Yes, King Shark, yeah. Uh, all I'm going to say on this one is, man, disguises don't work for everybody. I'm out. Uh, and as far as the other stuff, um, man, there, there's, there's some pretty funny ways that you can say that you were introduced to somebody. And um, I, I don't think cardboard cutouts get enough. Um, yeah. I love the story about, yeah, about Stallone and, yeah. and how it is that he and Gunn have known each other because, oh, and, and just for fun, if you're curious as to how Anthony Anderson and James Gunn, uh, how long they've known each other and what their relationship is like, well, there's some tidbits. And so I kind of felt like there was something for everybody. Like, what are you a fan of? Suicide Squad? Margot Robbie? John Cena? And or by Kangaroo the way, Jack? <laughs> Ooh, kangaroo Jack. I love that you <laughs> drop that in there. And what do you feel about John Cena's claim, uh, or James Gunn's countered by John Cena, which is we won't be able to do a sequel to Peacemaker because he won't take off the costume. And yet Cena's like, yeah, I just figured, you know, if I wear it, they can't take it back. And uh, <laughs> talk about two different people with two different objectives, huh? Uh, <laughs> so this one was cracking me up, and it... it it made for a lot of just, I mean, as you said, if you want to know how good a project's going to be, look at how well the cast gets along. And these guys look like they were having the most fun. And uh, I'm really excited to uh, to see all the stuff they, they know is in store for us. And they're like, ha ha, what do you see? What do you see? I mean, I can live with it, but I, I just can't wait either way. Um, 
In fact, for those who can't wait for all the other movies that we have coming out from DC, because as Brad continues to remind us, and well, he should, it is an amazing time to be a DC fan. It is an amazing time for all the great stuff we've been looking forward to, including Aquaman 2, the fact that Jason Momoa announced via Instagram that um, filming has begun. He's arrived on set for Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Brad, what'd you think? The wheels are turning. Oh, the wheels are turning, man. Yes. Um, so that's definitely seems like we'll get this film on time then. So we won't get a lot of delays, hopefully. So that's good. Maybe we'll even have some teaser footage to see uh, for fandom in October, if we're lucky. It might be stretching it a bit. But um, yeah, it's just really nice to see all these wheels get back into motion and you know we're finally getting to see uh the suicide squad and finally got to see wonder woman and this got put you know one aquaman got pushed back too because of covid so now now things are falling back into place again and that's just it's very you know it's very comforting we're not out of the woods yet but this is just another example uh that we're getting a little bit closer and um you know all all indications are is that this is going to be even more over the top than the first one. So that should be a lot of fun as well. So, yeah, it's good to see it. Uh, good to see it coming along. What about you? Uh, this guy's just in such a good mood. I mean, he's just so happy to be doing what he's doing. Um, and, yeah, I'm pretty sure should I ever go to London, I'm going to say London Calling in one of my posts because why the hell not? Like, come on. Um, the, the excitement surrounding, you know, the fact that everything is getting started and, you know, I'm reminded of the fact that a little while back, you know, we got a chance to see, um, this great discussion that he had in which he pointed out just how much he was involved with the writing and development of this story and how invested he is. And, you know, knowing how much passion he had when they were putting together the script and now that they actually get to get going. Yeah. I also think that you're right. We're going to get a chance to see some teasers and some things like that. I feel like he's going to be doing some pushing and promoting. I feel like Instagram might give us a peek. Who knows? A costume, a look, maybe a nice scene, maybe one of the others. Yeah, that's right. I threw stuff out there. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm hoping and I'm good with that. And yeah, I mean, Let's keep talking. Let's get excited about the fact that, you know, we've got so much coming our way. And let's keep talking about the fact that there is so much more. In fact, well, have you heard about this little series? It was a comic. It was based on a game. It's called Injustice. Yeah. Guess what? The anime movie has announced the voice cast. And... This is where you want Brad on here. I would have to go and look up most of these people, and I'd probably forget who they were after I looked them up because there's just this many names. However, I do recognize a few, and I'm going to see if I can highlight those while Brad tells you what he thinks about this announcement. What do you think, man? Well, you, you had me with Justin Hartley as Superman. I think that is a great choice. I think most people know him from... This is us, but small fan, Smallville fans may remember him as Oliver Queen. So uh, he's he's back in the DC world. So that's kind of fun to see. And I think Jillian Jacobs as Harley Quinn is a very inspired choice. I can't wait to see what she will do with that role. Um, she's so good at comedy, and this will give her a chance to. I, I think really spread her wings. So I'm really looking forward to see what she does with Harley and. You know, I repeat myself a lot, but Injustice is the best video game adaption ever. And, uh, you know, if they if they adapt that story that uh, that uh, Tom Taylor told, it, it would be perfect. So I can't wait for this. And I think the cast can can help bring that to light in a really interesting way. Uh, what about you? This is a pretty big announcement, and I appreciate you bringing some context in because I I don't watch This Is Us. And for all of you who want to um, say whatever you need to, just you know how to find me. I, I I accept it. It's one of those things that I just yeah I let I let everyone down, and I'm okay with that. 
Um, <laughs> what I did do was pause and like my brain had to like really question it. Is that the same Kevin Pollock that I'm thinking? Yes, of? yes. That's how could I forget him as Joker <laughs> and Jonathan? Great Kent? Joker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's a really interesting balance because I remember, like, come on, man, like this is Kevin Pollock from Usual Suspects. <laughs> this is the like I, I remember so much about his character, uh, and so much of it was because of his voice. Like he had that unbelievable sarcasm that you're like, is the page still dripping with the sarcasm, or is it done? Because, man, that guy. So imagining his voice behind. Uh, Joker, and then also flipping just to the complete other side of the card, and and taking on someone as as bright and hopeful as Jonathan Kent. I, I think that's going to be a really great performance. Uh, that 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 stuck me. Like I saw the others, and I'm like, yeah, I kind of, dude, that's Kevin Pollock. Yeah, I'm okay with who I am and what's happening to me, and yeah, all the other choices I'm great with. But it's going to be Kevin Pollock. It's going to be Joker, and I know based on this story, that sometime later in 2021, we will get the chance to see it, talk more about it, and, you know, get all googly, 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 because that's just something we like to do when it's good stuff. And uh, (laughs) Mm. I'm okay. I'm okay with all of that. What I am really excited about the fact, though, is like, man, so many great reasons to hear what Brad says. Whenever he says it's a great time to be a DC Comics fan, just listen to when he says it. And then remember moments like this. And then, yeah, you're gold. Now, to wrap up our uh, movie list and continue with that theme is uh, Digimon Husu will be returning for Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and possibly Black Adam. Brad, what do you think? Is he going to show up in both? I think so. I would love to see that. Um, I, 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 I'm a big fan of that connecting tissue between movies like that even if there is the whole big debate dceu the snyderverse blah 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 i i I still like to see those characters pop up in both because i think they're you have to have that between black adam and shazam so i i definitely hope that he comes back for both Uh, what about you yeah, I definitely think um, that kind of continuity is something that everyone's going to be enjoying and looking forward to. So, yeah, I mean, it totally makes sense for Shazam 2. And for me, it's like, okay, well, that all makes sense. <laughs> Why doesn't it make sense for Black Adam, which has been in the works for a lot longer, probably with the anticipation, of, but still. Um, just the announcement alone is a great bit of news. And it's, uh, well, it's a very fun way for us to take a quick pause do our quick ad break, and then afterwards, well, fill you in on so much more. We'll be right back, folks. Hey there, DC fans. This is Josh Rayner, editor-in-chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items. And right now you can get 35% off site wide by using the code DC News 35. That's D C N E W S. 35 DC News 35 use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at insighteditions.com This is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News here to tell you about the Spinner Rack Each and every week DC Comics publishes so many great books it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money and that's where the Spinner Rack comes in The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us. 
right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton. And I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Ogre. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nerds. I definitely do not f*** bats. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. Picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Viewer discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth joke. (laughs) (laughs) Here's hoping. We're going to have guests on this show. We're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. <laughs> off, the t- off the cuff. Let's go. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Anything off, you want. Anything you cup. want. Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bat? Go. No, no one had to see more of the bat. No, I didn't want to. God damn it. Look, all right. We're going to Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes, content creation, reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an un- unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's season, whatever. Check us out. <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. <laughs> Available exclusively on YouTube. Now that we're back, we're going to go ahead and tell you 
Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, there's been speculations, questions, rumors, more. Now, we have a story about Black Superman, HBO Max, and, well, so much to get excited about. Brad, what do you think, man? Way to tease us up for that story. Everyone's like, I'm skipping through the ad. <laughs> I, it had been rumored for so long at this point that I love that we're that much closer for it to be a reality. Uh, you know, and he, he's played coy with it for a long time too, saying, you know, kind of denying it, but not outright denying it. So now, now it looks like it's definitely on the way to happening. And, uh, man, I, if it doesn't end up being made, it's a, a shame because this is a, a perfect opportunity uh, you have HBO Max is a great way to get it out to people. You have uh, Michael P. Jordan, who would be great in the role and great as uh, a producer of it. So, yeah, I really, I really want to see this happen. Um, yeah, I definitely, definitely, definitely. What about you? You know, I, I think with something like this, I, I feel like Michael B. Jordan was fully aware of the kind of precipice he was dealing with. You know, there was, you know, a buildup to the the different work that he had done up to this point. And, you know, you can look at all the different projects he's worked on, but I felt that each one was about establishing his name in a different way. You know, you can go all the way back to Fruitvale. You can uh, look at, you know, the fact that he's experienced when a Fantastic Four movie doesn't work out or uh, <laughs> when, you know, when when things um, suddenly surprise, like. I wasn't really 100% about Creed until I saw the first preview and I was like, wow, this has this really catches your attention the way a Rocky movie did. And then he went on to a success with the sequel. He went on to do some great stuff with Black Panther. But I think with each one of those experiences, he learned a lot about like, hey, when you take on certain things, there's what you think you know and then there's what you learn when it's going on. And as you mentioned, he was really coy. I mean, just recently we had a story where he's like, yeah, I just, you know, it'd be great if it works out, but I don't see it happening right now. And I really think that was about, he's not going to say he's doing it until all the things were lined up to guarantee it, it couldn't fall apart. You know, I really feel mm -hmm. like if you're going to take, you know what I mean? Like, because once that happened, the chances of him being involved with another superhero project could be really tainted. Like just, you know what I mean? There would already be a negative association with something he tried to do that didn't happen. So for me, one of the things I liked about this was I was like, hey, I don't think this guy comes out and says, after all these times he said he's not doing it, comes out and says he is, unless there are enough things in place, including, I think one you point out that's really important, is the fact uh, that he's got that you know, producer role. And because he's a producer, he's going to be involved in shaping this project to an ending that he knows is going to work, that he has confidence in, and hopefully through all what other things have to happen in a contract it is guaranteed to occur. And then it, it makes the most sense for him to cast himself and, and to, you know, lend the star power he has behind it. But I love the ambiguity of then going, okay, so just for fun, and you can play along if you're listening, if you're Michael B. Jordan, who would you be tempted to cast instead of you? Just for fun. Just because, you know, I mean, hey, if we're playing with house money, like, why not? But also the fact, you know, there's yeah, there's always the thing you want to be careful of. You know, there, there are some projects that, you know, actors take on and they steer and they, they make it happen. And it, it leads to their success. And others where afterwards people are like, they probably should have gotten some help or they probably shouldn't have cast himself or, you know what I mean? And second-guessing is all part of the project. But one of the things that really stuck with me is I felt like he wasn't going to announce this unless it was going to happen. That, you know, we weren't going to have a Tom King, uh, Ava DuVernay story, you know, where it's like, this is what you know should be happening, and it's it's not happening anymore. So I'm really excited for it, man. I feel like, hey, if you've been holding out for this one, guess what? The wait's over. The uh, premise is going to be based on Valzad. We're going to see how much of that continues to hold and also, there's the fact that this isn't the only Superman movie that's going on. And, you know, everyone's like, yeah, these will be different. They'll be this. They'll be that. But, yeah, 
I, I, I think just as much as he was denying this movie until it started, all the yammering and hammering about how different these movies are and how separate, maybe that's just to push us away from the fact that DCEU is fully aware of how it can take advantage of a multiverse, especially with the upcoming Flash movie. So uh, a lot of positives for me to take away from this one. Without just Ran and Raven beyond it, let's look at the fact that we have even more. We've got breaking news. We've got the announcement that Victoria Cartagena is going, has been cast as Renee Montoya and will be in Batwoman season three. Brad, what did you think about this announcement and some of the suggestions for uh, the type of Montoya we will get to see? Yeah, I think that uh, the show that is a perfect place for uh, Renee and hopefully will become a regular, like, you know, a major character. Um, I, I think that, yeah, I, both seasons of Batwoman have been great and I want to see them build on that. And I love them bringing in different DC characters, what they did with Black Mask was was really cool. So I think that they can do the same kind of thing with uh, Renee Montoya. So I think that uh, good luck, and it's a great character. So, yeah, I mean, I, I can't see a perfect avenue for Renee Montoya will be the Batwoman TV show. And what about you? I think it's a huge announcement. I mean, there's so much to enjoy about the fact that she's already got an established history of, you know, creating and presenting the character when she was on Gotham. Uh, she now has a chance to do it as well in, in this story. I also love the fact that she's, you know, running the Freaks division. And that just takes me back to, like, when they had Smallville and the Wall of Weird. And Every time there's, like, you know, a vision board thing where we get a chance to see these hints of characters that we're going to enjoy, you know, at some point down the road, uh, whether it's sightings of, you know, some sort of reptilian figure down in the sewers or other things that might fall into the category of the freaks division. And then there's also, you know, I like the fact that the article mentioned that, you know, in the comics at some point Montoya went ahead and, and took on the mantle of the question. I just think that you have an opportunity when you cast someone like this to, take advantage of all the stuff that's been covered in um, the comics. And it already mentions all the great stuff that um, we know about her character that the series is going to include. And then there's those great possibilities of characters like the question and others showing up. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to keep expanding the Batwoman cast with an intention to tell great stories, you are always going to be on the right track when you make the choice to go ahead and include Renee Montoya. Um, it's just a, a really great development, and I love the possibilities behind you know, what adding this character means for other characters as well, and also what it means for just sort of building out so many different elements that fans know about Gotham, and that now they get a chance to see through Batwoman. So yeah, keeping things moving, we've got uh, Lucifer Season 6 with a release date. And even some hints announced for those of you who've been keeping up. Brad, what do you think about the story? Lucifer has such great fans, and such a great show. I think that they uh, um, they were. I think of all the uh, the San Diego Comic Con at Home panels. I think this was probably the one that that most people are going to watch because the fans are are so so eager for me. And it is going to be uh, excited. What about you? Yeah, I think with all the fans, I mean, there's a, a feeling of excitement that continues with a show that is, you know, always saying it's in its final season and then somehow keeps going, even though this should be the final, final season. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I believe it when I, I hear it. Right, right. We'll you be know, it ain't saying right. that at season 10. <laughs> yeah. The show that refused to go away. You know, and I'm always caught up by the fact, like, hey, uh, it's going to be tricky. You know, <laughs> like, how do these people keep stopping and then, you know, do any other projects? Or, yeah, it's it's pretty funny. I love that uh, we, we have the suggestion about a blaze of glory, about the uh, the fact that, we have something known as um, the 
Bloody Celestial Karaoke Jam, which is a mm-hmm. fixture of season five. And then also just the fact that there's some questions about you know, what kind of powers Lucifer has now. and Will he still be solving mysteries? And does this mean he's grown up? And, you know, are there new love interests? And um, what does timeout mean for an angel by the name of Michael? And maybe some Easter eggs along the way. Like, it, it's plenty of stuff to whet your appetite. And if you're looking forward to more, well, guess what? More is in store. Now, that's not our only TV and streaming show. And in fact, a character who had some really fun repartee with Lucifer is that of John Constantine who will be leaving Legends of Tomorrow, and yet his actor will not, or will be returning, or, oh boy, Brad, we know how this works, multiverse, time travel, come on, Legends have played with this on more than a few occasions where a character is said to be leaving and then leaves and then comes back as somebody else, and then we look at The Flash, and how many wells have there been? Go ahead, I'll give you a minute, you keep count, right? Uh, what do you think <laughs> about this decision about Constantine, Matt Ryan, and The Legends? It's kind of crazy what this could mean, because I don't know if I've ever heard of a show, maybe other than a soap opera, where a main character goes away, but the, but the actor comes back in some capacity. So, you know, like you were saying, we've seen so many different worlds. So is it going to be they, they said it was a non-canon DC character, but. Is it going to be somebody that they recognize as looking like John Constantine, or is it not? Or is it are they going to play with that kind of trope because the show can do things like that? So you know, you know, it's kind of mind-boggling what they could do with this. So I, I don't even know, but I think it's uh, kind of a interesting, fascinating way to keep the actor in the show. So we'll see. What about you? I think I was pretty much hooked when Matt Ryan said. You know, in the past, we used stuff like previous storylines from Hellblazer. And this season, we have an open book of how we can mess up John ourselves. Like, that's a really, you know, fun thing. And I love that we're expected to not see a happy ending for uh, John, despite, you know, how long he survived in light of all the self-destructive behavior and such that's suggested. But um, I, I do love the fact that, you know, Ryan knows his character. John is a character throughout his comic book history walks alone. <laughs> yeah, that's some really great stuff. And there's always something a bit dangerous about when he shows up and uh, what it all is going to mean as we look at the rest of season six. And I love the suggestion of an alien bowling league that makes some allusions to the Big Lebowski and some other like really great. Like with Legends, I just love how much they do and how well they do it. They are unabashedly, shamelessly willing to do anything to have a good time and make sure that we are, too. And I'm OK with all that. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I'm OK with all that. And it's not a bad way for us to wrap up TV and streaming and move into our comics and other category. Now, when it comes to comics, there are few awards that get people as excited, worked up, riled up, yada, 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 as the Eisner Awards. And guess what? Those awards named after the legendary Mr. Will Eisner himself have been announced and plenty of categories for you to enjoy, look through. Brett, what caught your attention on this one? And what does it mean that Phil Lamar has returned to uh, host the awards? Is is he going to be the mainstay? Is this a thing now? People love him so much, so he should be. Uh, he's he's so well loved in the community, uh, so I I see no reason why he can't come back. Like, who was it that hosted the Oscars a lot? Uh, Billy Crystal. Uh, so yeah, I think he I think he he should come back. And as far as the awards, we we have talked on the show at length about how much we love James uh, Tinian's writings. Uh, so to see him take home awards for best writer. Uh, is great. And I think that you've even mentioned in conversations with me before that that you really like something is killing the children. So the fact that uh, he won for his work on that. Yeah. So that's just that's just great to see. And and he was recognized for his work on Batman. And I've heard and I and I do have to read this, but I've heard such great things about the Department of Truth, too. So um, that was that was really. Yeah, because uh, I'm a really big fan of his. And I love that Superman smashes the clan 
won some awards because that that is up there with some of the best graphic novels I've read in the past few years. It was just so good. So I love that that got awards because I think it really, really deserved it. So I was definitely happy about that. And uh, I, I randomly and I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but this is going to go to the top of my list now is uh, the Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen by Matt Fraction. Uh, won an award too, and I really like Mac Fraction's writing, so that's definitely moving farther up the list of my must-read books for sure. Oh, what about you? Did you read his Hawkeye? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Then just yeah. just take the zaniest parts of that, and then that is Jimmy Olsen, but nice. with all of the trappings of Jimmy Olsen's, like you know, if you imagine the old Jimmy Olsen books and all the crazy stuff he got into as Superman's pal. And then gave it a modern setting, but but kept the history and like used it. It's so well done. It's I, I was loving that. In fact, what I loved was I was collecting that and Lois Lane at the same time. And they were doing two oh, different yeah. things, but I loved how they were filling in Superman by by showing us his uh role in these characters' lives, but also who these characters are when he's not around. And yeah, man, I'm gonna totally say check it. it it's so good. It's just that good. It's it's really smart and funny, and it plays off of one of the things I love, and I'm just going to shut up after this about that, is it plays off of the the way that the old Jimmy Olsen stories were told, and it'll have like a new beginning, like every three pages in the same issue, but it'll be like nice. either separate story, and they're all connected. Like the stories are connected in so many ways that from issue to issue, you're like, hold on, is this in that part two story from three issues ago, and now they're fine? <laughs> Nice. <laughs> yeah, dude. In, enjoy. Um, yeah, with Tynan, I mean, man, the guy, all right, something is cutting the children is so dark. And then if you get a chance to read Wynn, too, I know those are non-DC books, but it's so light and so bright. Um, and then Department of Truth just deals with all that stuff that you've known about growing up. Like, they get into the whole satanic panic and every other sort of thing that has captured our attention. And how they shape it with this idea of a department of truth. It's it's beautiful. And the art is, is ridiculous. Um, I was actually talking to the guy at my shop recently. And he was like, dude, you got to read Razor Blades. Just quit. You know, <laughs> just get Razor Blades. Mm-hmm. And I, I've been told. And I think I'm, I'm just going to have to like, yeah, find it. Subscribe. Because I get his newsletter, Tiny Onion. And apparently yeah. he's not going to be on social media much longer. And that's going to be like mm-hmm. how you keep up. Um, but yeah, the Superman's pal, yeah, yeah, uh, find it, go to tiny onion, subscribe to the newsletter. You'll be able to keep up with them after that. Um, Superman's pal is a great one. I also love what you said about Gene Luen Yang. I, I love what he did with Superman smashes the clan. I've loved his work on Batman Superman. Um, I also think that there were some like really fun ones to consider, you know, just like these really fun, like the short story ones look like they were pretty neat. Um, I love when a best single ish- issue is, is suggested. You know, I would have liked to have seen other history get a little more recognition. Um, I'm glad they got in the running. Um, <laughs> you know, but I, I do feel that, you know, the DC recognitions were really great. And I'm really happy for them that, you know, there are these moments that you can sort of point to and not only recognize the greatness of the work, but also look at the fact of what's the content. Like, you look at what was behind Superman Smash at the Clan. And it was telling a really important story at the same time that it was telling a really fun and sweet Superman story, yeah, you know? And yeah, exactly. I, I think that's a balance. And when you do it well, it's like, hey, <laughs> you're doing two <laughs> things at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And when you're doing them that good, right? <laughs> yeah, it just, um, yeah, it was perfection. Yeah. Um, o- overall, I was just really pleased to, to see, you know, just how much recognition is going out there. And I'm going to be looking this story over later because there were so many that were suggested. Yeah, they're not DC titles, but, you know, I mean, some things can catch my attention the right way. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I want that. Yeah, that sounds like fun. And I want that, though. And I want that. And (laughs) it makes for a good time. Um, Hey, the awards are always a great time to just know that these are creators who deserve recognition just like so many others do. And, man... If your name isn't on there this year, keep working. I want to see it on there next year. And I, I know the great talent DC has been putting out and the great stuff they've seen. And I'm looking forward to seeing more names on the list. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Who knows? 
maybe even a book like I Am Not Starfire could be one of those to uh, show up on the list in the future. What did you think about the uh, official trailer that was recently released and um, what it had to say about Mariko Tamaki's and Yoshi, uh, Yoshitani's take on uh, Mandy? You know, I, I have really liked DC's um, YA books. You know, we got to chat with Cami Garcia about the Beast Boy and the Raven books and the the Poison Ivy Thorns that just came out recently. They've all been really good. But one thing that attracts me to this story in particular is that it seems very relatable. Uh, whether you are, you know, a young person reading this book or older and you have went through it. But there seems to be a character here who is finding their own identity separate from her parents. Uh, you know, and you have to blaze your own trail and really define what works for you and i think this is just going to be of all those stories i think this is maybe one of the most relatable of these books so it kind of makes me very uh curious to read this one as well so yeah and you can't go wrong with tamaki's work uh so this is one that um you know i've kind of been looking forward to this one since i saw the first bit of art in the ads uh you know i i kind of tell that this was definitely not your typical mother-daughter story so yeah this should be it should be a really fun relatable story for readers to uh to take a peek at um what about you yeah the fun thing about mandy is she's really aware of who her mom is in in relation to superheroes and the identity and, and what it's like to try and live up to somebody who, who can do all those amazing things. And then the awareness, if you're not trying to do that at all, who are you and who do you want to become? You know, if it's not like the person who you were born to and who, you know, raised you, then what what is your path like? And clearly Mandy is not someone who likes TSATs, but does perhaps have some things she does like, like maybe someone who is pretty cool for a school project. But then there's also the, the trailer, which, which points to this, you know, family drama, family drama, and what it's like to have, you know, an aunt who's maybe not the nicest person. And you get stuck in a situation where you battle your aunt, you side with your aunt and battle your mom because you've never really been like your mom. And at least maybe, you know, or you do something completely unexpected that neither of them is prepared for. And at the same time, carve your own destiny. So it's going to be fun to see how Mandy does this. And Mariko Tamaki, I, I love her voice when it comes to characters that are like, yeah, not trying to do whatever it is you think I'm trying to do. I've noticed it in Question Lobo. I've really enjoyed it in so much of her other works. And I, I really feel like you have, you know, an opportunity to do something completely original and so much fun because of that. And uh, I'm not Starfire. It, it really, it really suggests a lot. And Brad, I, I love the fact that you were already interested before the trade. Like you were like, dude, they got me with the art. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's got to be one of the best reasons to get hooked by something like, saw a great picture. And uh, yeah, what can I say? I'm there. Now, what is it that might catch your attention when it comes to a headline that says the Amazons to star in two new miniseries this October? Well, we know who the Amazons are, right? Or has it gotten a little more complicated recently with the uh, revelation that there's more than one group referring to themselves as Amazons or with a history connected to the Amazons? And what did we learn from this story? Brad, what was your takeaways, man? I, uh, well, first of all, um, I'm really looking forward to that 80th anniversary issue uh, of Wonder Woman that we're going to get to see a little bit more of Nubia. But that cover for Nubia and the Amazons 1 that they've shown is so cool. I love the colors and the look of it. And given what's been happening with the Nubia character, who, you know, she was made the queen of the Amazons, I've been curious to see them explore that. So I, uh, I I really 
think that it's time that we did go back to that story. So yeah, I'm, I'm, that's something that I'm looking forward to. And if you've been reading the young Diana backup stories in the comics now, they're a good time. So now we're going to get uh, the adventures of young Diana special. So I'm kind of looking forward to that too. So yeah, both of these will probably end up in my uh, must have list. What about you? So easy to do. So easy to do. I mean, the Young Diana series has been a delight in the back of uh, Wonder Woman. And the way the character is really delving into the history of the Amazons in a way that you could do with, you know, Wonder Woman as an adult, or maybe even a little bit with Wonder Girl. But then there's also the fact that there's villains and so many different things like this. Young Diana is only there on the island. She's bored, she's restless, she's learning. And what she's learning is a discovery not only for her, but for us and, and the history. And then, man, as you said, that Nubia cover is phenomenal. That is so smooth. I love the throne. I love the pose. I love the power and the majesty. And as it's been pointed out, Nubia is now the queen of the Amazons. And what she believes is their goal and purpose is, I think, really going to be a fun direction to follow. And, um, yeah, I'm happy to add these two. And like you said, too, about the 80th anniversary, like what's not to love about an 80th anniversary Hmm. when it comes to DC? I've gotten them all. They've been wonderful. I've I've enjoyed so many layers of stories, your choice in covers like, ah, yeah. And and what they've done in the original Wonder Woman title recently has really impressed me. I, I love the recent. Uh, Asgard story, the, the recent Yeah, me too. That that was, yeah, right? If you haven't read that, definitely check that out. Ah, and now I'm seriously jonesing for Ratatosk, like every issue. Like, come on, man. More Ratatosk. More Ratatosk. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a cowbell, it'd all be over. Um, hey, and it was just so, fun watching her crush Thor's hammer. <laughs> dude, that was hilarious. <laughs> she was just smacking him around. Yeah. Not only that, but like after she dealt with him being a total jerk, and then she goes and runs into Odin, which I thought yeah. was probably one of the best portrayals of Odin I've seen, where he's like, yeah, my yeah. boy. Yeah, that's my boy. Let me go ahead and just let you know a couple of things you should know about him. And a father <laughs> loves it. The father loves it. Ah, oh, dude, it was so awesome. So well done. So well, you know, put together. Um, another thing that has been so well put together that I have really loved has been the other history. And John Ridley has done some amazing stuff just capturing these these beautiful ideas in such a big book. And guess what? You know, he's been, you know, doing some amazing things with Batman as well. Um whether it's the shorts you've seen in the um in the recent anthologies and the collections, or if it's uh some teasing he's recently been doing about some big changes, you know, I am Batman is one direction, but what about the uh, Batman fear state and what he wants to sort of let people know about future state, Batman second son and some other fun stuff, man. What was your takeaway on all this? I, I love the idea of Jace Fox having more of an impact or really stepping up uh, in the DC universe. And he, the fact, you know, John really hints that uh, it's going to be surprises that maybe you will change the DC universe forever. So I'm really, really want to know what that's all about. And uh, as a comic fan, I love those moments that, you know, quote unquote, change the whatever comic book you're reading's universe forever. So I, he has definitely got me curious about what he is talking about here. And he, is such a great writer, so I know we're in capable hands. So, yeah, we'll, we, we'll see, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, what about you? Yeah, man, he has he has done some amazing things. Um, and, and I love that he, you know, one of the things I've enjoyed is recently in the recent Batman storylines is the way that James Tyson has been teasing up the power and influence of Scarecrow that's sort of growing in the backgrounds of Gotham while at the forefront is the whole magistrate and peacekeeper thing. So this seems like a perfect time for a handoff for those ideas. And and what's being suggested here, you know, that that somehow Scarecrow has figured out how to control Gotham from behind the scenes, that somehow he's used that influence he's been building with these scarecrows that keep showing up without any actual crimes occurring. 
and the way it's creating a psychological tension and suspense for the people of Gotham, handing that off into this, you know, fear state event is a really smart direction. And then, you know, everything you just mentioned about the fact that (laughs) you've got Jace over here, um, you know, who's taken on the mantle of, of Batman. And then you got Luke who's Batwing. And I, I recently um, loved the recent signal. Like there's some, some fun ideas that are being explored here. And I, I love that you've got someone with the commitment like John Ridley's, who's like, look, I, I kind of stepped in to do this and that, but look what else I'm doing. And don't you want to read it? Cause doesn't it sound cool? And yeah, I do want to read it and it does sound cool. And um, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to the fact that I am Batman, number one, September 14th. And then I am Batman, number zero, August 10th. Good stuff to look forward to. Good time. I mean, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty juiced. I'm not shy about it. <laughs> Neither's Brad. I can hear him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yummy, yummy. <laughs> I hear you back there, Chair. You can't hide from you can't hide from And another thing you can't hide from, especially in your dreams, he goes by the name of the Sandman, or Dream if you prefer. And if you enjoyed the first audio version, guess what? Audible will be back in September with Sandman Act 2. What'd you think, man? Uh, you can never have too much Sandman. Right? So, never. And no matter in what medium it is, I'm there. So... I can't wait for the series. I can't wait for this the continuation of the Audible uh, series because the uh, if you listen to part one, I mean, it was like reading the comics. I mean, it had so much texture and so much just like just like the comic book did. So if you haven't checked that out, it's worth the uh, the Audible subscription. So it's good that we're going to continue on. We're going to get a part two and a part three. So. You know, hopefully they'll be able to um, complete the whole story with within this Audible series because it would be a shame not to because what they've done so far is so good. And uh, I know that uh, Steve J. Ray was also a really big fan, so I'm sure he's excited about this as well. But, um, yeah, and if you are in any way, shape or form a fan of um, like audio dramas, you definitely have to check this out. Uh, What about you? Yeah, man. I mean, you know, pretty much when it's a story like this, I just sort of like throw the story out there and then let you and Steve J. Ray go for it. Because when it comes to Sam, I mean, I don't know who talks more about it other than you two. (laughs) But uh, that's to the fans' enjoyment because you guys dig into all the best stuff. And along the way, you know, you reveal just so many things that people can get excited about, so many details they can enjoy. Um, the, The first one did so well. And, um, it's clear to see why there would be a demand for a second. It's such a great project to work on. I mean, these, these audible uh, audio dramas, they've really seen a resurgence since the pandemic. You know, I've, I've been lucky enough to interview some people that have worked on some of those projects. And one of the things they've said is, you know, it's interesting if it wasn't for the pandemic, we might not have explored this avenue as much, but because of it, it's the one way to really take advantage of all this great talent, all this great storytelling, and to use a medium that doesn't require us all to be in the same place when we're working on it. So I see the future of this not only covering what they're doing now, Act 2, picking up Volume 4 uh, and Volume 5. And then, as you said, we've got an Act 3, you know, in the works with a plan. So the uh, the fact that you can do all of this and know that it's not something that's going to be as easy to interrupt as like, you know, productions, which could still see issues because we've got that Delta variant number of cases on the rise and things like that. There's always these uncertainties. But this is one of those projects where there's so much safety built into the production that uh, I really see a great future, not only for covering all this known material, but maybe for writing some great future material that could be original stories written for the Audible format, specifically on what they've built. I mean, that's just me conjecting. That's you know, I, I, I know, but then again, people like weren't expecting like crime podcasts and things like that to take off. So I uh, I think the future is bright, wide open and full of potential, especially when you have all star casts like this, the great stories that go with it and fans like you and Steve who are like, yeah, man. Yeah. Sign me up. What? Build me. What? Tell me where to buy. What? 
Like you, you, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, more than merrier. And uh, why not be merry? And well, if you're looking forward for all the ways you can be merry with all of the fun stories we've been sharing with you, you now have an opportunity to go check all that great stuff out. Um, hope you enjoy it. I hope you let us know what you think about it. Like it, don't like it, have questions, whatever. Send it our way. We'd love to hear more about it. In fact, Brad, now, would you mind letting the folks know how they can, you know, send you a message, let you know how things are going, reach out to you in any way? Well, you can find me writing story news and reviews for DC Comics News. You can also find me on the Mad Love Harley Quinn podcast, also part of the DC Comics News uh, podcast network. And you can follow me on Twitter at FlickyB1. And where can people find you? Yeah, you're more often than not going to find me over here at DC Comics News, whether it's reviews, whether it's hanging out with the gang on the weekly podcast like this, whether it's hosting the Spinner Rack, which is my top five pick of uh, books from DC Comics each and every week. Whether uh, it's Mad Love or others, just, you know, come here, check it out. And my name is Seth Singleton. If you're looking for me on the other platforms, I just went ahead and threw a pebble in the sand there for you. You see what you want to see. And come find me if you get a chance, but really not that hard we do our best to make it easy for you i just have a little bit of fun with the mystery with that please remember don't live in mystery when it comes to new episodes that could be coming your way all you have to do is subscribe whatever platform you're on and you'll make sure you get brand new episodes of this the upcoming flicky fashion that's right brad fashion has your name we know your game we have great content that's based on great shows like Harley Quinn and Batman the Animated Series with Mad Love and I Am the Knight. We also have uh, so much more in store. Branching out onto uh, YouTube like DC and After Dark. Subscribe to us on all the places you love to enjoy. And we will be there with more in your timeline on your feed. And then, of course, you can always send us a message, your favorite platform. Social media has so many. Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You name it. Well, just send us a message using the at symbol in DC Comics News, capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N, E-W-S, at DC Comics News. We'll get the message. We'll get the question. We'll respond. We love the chat. And can't wait to hear from you. Um, That's going to wrap it up for us. We're going to go ahead and say goodnight because there's always something we love to remember to add at the end of each one of these episodes. And that is to always read more Comics. Comics. Yeah, <laughs> that's right, kid. Hey, we appreciate you every time, and we're grateful for every time you tune in and hear us. Looking forward to the next time. Have a great one.